You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a second down and three. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage, and he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini. What a play. 47-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Wow. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Man, so exciting. It's mid-May, and you know, are we talking about the NBA playoff picture? Yeah, a little bit, and that's exciting, too, as the regular season is winding down. We've got the Stanley Cup playoffs starting on Saturday, but it's all about the NFL because the NFL schedule release television show happens tonight. But no, no, no. We have a good chunk of the information. We have the Thanksgiving games. We have week one. We've got the London game, so we're reacting to that. And guess what? We've got lines on all 16 games for week number one. A lot of fun. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. This is a BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. It's been too long since we spoke with uh, Drew Dinsick. Let's bring him on to the show at whale underscore capper. Does a great job bringing down the NFL and NBA for NBC Sports Edge. He has the Bet the Edge podcast and, of course, the Deep Dive podcast. Busy, busy man. How you doing, Drew? Oh, doing so well. Great to be on with you guys. Good morning. The NFL uh, back in our lives. <laughs> it, is, it is a good morning. I know you haven't taken the deep dive into the schedule like you do on a yearly basis, and you always put out great information on Twitter at whale underscore capper. But uh, uh, on what we've seen so far, at first blush, uh, what's the lead in your world? Oh, man, the week one spreads that I saw pop um... – they look very the week one games in general are just very competitive. Um, good contest across the board. I'm only seeing one kind of lopsided contest between San Francisco and Detroit. Uh, otherwise, a lot of these games in and around a field goal. Uh, some of the early opening numbers look very favorable for the basic strategy teaser players. Um, I'm counting, I think eight <laughs> eight legs that I would play right now as a basic strategy teaser. Uh, so basically just taking your six points and getting across three and se- uh, three and seven. Um, and I can see more go- coming in that, you know, the, the opener here, Dallas at Tampa Bay right now is sitting at six. Uh, I would expect Tampa Bay is going to take money in that spot. And it's probably going to move to seven by close. Uh, similarly, we've already seen Chicago, uh, you know, people were floating six and a half um, last night when that got leaked and now it's out to sevens. Uh, I think seven's probably fair. I doubt it goes much further. If anything, it probably comes back into the six, six and a half range for Chicago. Um, but yeah, the overall, uh, it does feel like a ton of the games that I was kind of, Ooh, this will be sneaky fun. That'll be an interesting game. Well, I can't wait to see that one. It feels like they stuck a bunch of them in week one. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what do we learn about the quarterback situation? I guess they're screaming, yeah, it's not going to happen for Deshaun Watson. We're not sure that he's going to be taking a snap in the NFL, let alone Houston. And uh, what about this Packers number? What does it say about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I've been in the camp of, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers will be traded. When, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, mm-hmm. But sure enough, they certainly are hedging with this uh, opener Green Bay plus three at New Orleans. Um, New Orleans certainly is going to take a step backwards this year by my numbers. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Just looking at their win total, it's off by, uh, you know, one and one and a half uh, relative to the last couple seasons. And that makes sense. You know, salary cap has hit them pretty hard in terms of who they've been able to retain their relatively thin roster. They're starting a new quarterback, Um, but they're still a good coaching staff and, you know, they'll still be a competitive team week in week out. That said, a three-point favorite over your your uh, your defending one seed uh, in the NFC is pretty uh, aggressive, um, and I think this this number probably reflects something around a fifty-fifty chance that Aaron Rodgers uh, is available for this game. Uh, if Rodgers is a go, I would expect Green Bay is either a pick'em or a small favorite, uh, and if Rodgers is out and Jordan Love is uh, your QB one for Week One for Green Bay, this is probably New Orleans about you know minus six or so. Drew, what does that number look like uh, right now? Let's say Aaron Rodgers. I mean, all the rumors, all the reports would be most likely Denver, possibly Las Vegas, probably nowhere in the NFC. But right now, Denver on the road taking on the Giants. That's a pick em. What do you think that number looks like if Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for Denver week one? Oh, man, that could go big. That could get big. I mean, Denver is a fascinating, um, a fascinating market number across all of their markets, whether or not they land uh, Aaron Rodgers, because their roster is one of the more complete in the NFL outside of the quarterback position. Um, I would guess that you would see an upgrade on Denver's power number that would put them in the ballpark of Kansas City, honestly, if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for Denver. Um, and in that instance, you'd probably see Denver six and a half, maybe on the road at the Giants. And that may sound crazy, but you know, the, the, the defense is relatively complete for Denver. They made some nice moves on the offense, showing up the secondary. Um, and they have just a pretty outstanding uh, suite of skill position players. So that, uh, that Denver number, you know, the Denver power number would probably be number two on my board after Kansas City if uh, they were actually to pull off the, uh, uh, you know, pull off the trade and get Aaron Rodgers under center. Would you be on the Super Bowl future bandwagon or the win total for Denver if Rodgers does get moved? Because I just don't understand. If Rodgers stays in the NFC North, I mean, you look at the teams and the quarterbacks he's going to be facing all season long. If he goes to the AFC and he has to see Mahomes twice a season, I mean, like you said, Denver stacked defensively. They have all the weapons. But what do you think? Do you give them a shot to actually win the division or be Super Bowl contenders when you have to face Mahomes and they actually are going to protect them this season uh, twice a year? <laughs> I'd give them a little bit of a shot. I mean, it's a uh, it, the AFC. I think the overall kind of overarching narrative that I would spin coming out of free agency, coming out of the draft, is really the AFC is extremely top heavy. Um, and in reality, like across you know just across all of the NFL, um, four of my top top five power rated teams are in the AFC. Um, I have uh, the only team in the NFC that I would put in the top five right now is Tampa Bay. 
Um, actually, the only team I put in the top six is Tampa Bay. Um, you know, there there are there's a there's a pretty decent tilt right now that uh, all of the competitive teams are in the AFC, and Aaron Rodgers to Denver just makes that more complicated. Um, so it's it there's a there is only so much pie to be <laughs> served out between all of these very uh, you know legitimate contenders, and I'm thinking of here Kansas City, Buffalo, Cleveland, Baltimore. Uh, you know, these are relatively, um, you know, these are true Super Bowl contending teams. And you add Denver to that mix, um, you know, that's six teams, you know, or, excuse me, five teams fighting for, you know, one Super Bowl berth. <laughs> that's going to be, uh, you know, I think at best you're probably talking about a 20% chance for any of those teams, maybe, maybe up, up, uh, up Kansas City a bit because of Mahomes. But, um, you know, it's going to be a, extremely competitive. And as we saw last year, one, the one seed, is a pretty significant advantage getting to host that, uh, getting to host, getting getting the buy, getting to host the uh, AFC title game is really going to tilt favor for you know whoever would be able to secure that. And uh, if you can get a number on Denver in the you know ten to one, twenty to one range for AFC, uh, that's probably worth at least considering. Now, if they don't get Rodgers, which I think is better than a fifty-fifty shot, uh, and they're going to war with Drew Locke, now, now you're kind. Now you're gambling. <laughs> now you're now you're hoping uh, against hope that uh, Drew Locke takes a meaningful step forward, a la Josh Allen last year. And while the Josh Allen leap was, you could kind of see it coming based on what he was doing in the off season to prepare and to improve his game. I haven't heard and seen the same stuff with Locke. Uh, so I'm a little less likely to kind of buy into he, you know, him being capable of making that same leap where all of a sudden his accuracy goes from, uh, you know, barely passable to legitimate top flight NFL quarterback over the course of one season. Um, but that said, uh, you know, it, it it could be the Teddy Bridgewater show. Denver could still very well make their uh, season win total even without Aaron Rodgers because, as I mentioned, you know, they've they've got a very solid team top to bottom. Um, they have uh, one of the easier schedules in the AFC. Uh, you know, they're they're matched up against you know the they the the 17th game is a fun one to kind of pick through and figure out how that matters. And you know, a lot of teams have pretty you know pretty challenging matchups in that 17th game. Like Kansas City gets to host Green Bay. Uh, you know, got the Chargers get to you know the you know the um, the Chargers are playing the uh, Vikings. The uh, the Raiders are playing the Bears. Well, the Broncos get the, the Lions, you know, and, and you can kind of find a couple of pretty advantage spots uh, in the um, in the schedule overall for Denver, considering they have they had a finished fourth in the uh, in the AFC West last year. And I think I think you're going to be able to uh, kind of talk yourself into a win total over for Denver, even if uh, Aaron Rodgers is not the guy. And I'm with you where I don't think he does get moved, but let's say he does get moved. Then who do you like in the NFC North? Cause then that's pretty much wide open. Is it Minnesota or is it Chicago? Even though we don't know if fields is going to be the quarterback or if it's going to be Andy Dalton week one, who would you buy into in the, NFC? we know, we know it's, it's <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately it's going to be Dalton. Yeah. And th- that's for one week. You're not throwing fields out there against Aaron Donald, right? Drew? No. Yeah, that would that would be my guess too, especially with some yeah. of the questions on the offensive line. And I, you know, again, like the Bears, the, they deserve some. Like, you you can you can be very critical of some of the Bears' process. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in my opinion, not not just this off season, but like going back during the entire Pace era. 
Uh, they've, made, they've made a lot of very questionable decisions, and pretty clearly with their backs against the wall this year, they're all in uh, in the way that they handled their, you know, the, the, the way they use their draft capital. But at the same time, they got some great players. Fields looks absolutely like, a, you know, like a steal where they landed him. Um, Tevin Jenkins, the, uh, the Oklahoma State tackle, looks like a bona fide NFL starter for five, six, ten years maybe. I mean, he, you know, he's going to be a decent anchor for your offensive line. Um, but it's going to take these guys a little bit of time to really round into form. Uh, and so if I had to say, you know, who the, you know, who the uh, NFC North is, um, you know, what the market would look like absent Rodgers. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be Rodgers goes to Denver. Rodgers could just, you know, not play, <laughs> which, which sounds mm-hmm. like is an option on the table for him this year. Um, but uh, if it's, if there's no Rodgers in Green Bay and that's Jordan Love's team, then uh, I think you're probably talking about 40% chance that the uh, Vikings win, 30% chance for the, uh, for the Bears, 20% for the, uh, uh, for the Packers and 10% for the Lions. Ooh, Kanish got 10%. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is Bechtel Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, our guest, Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper. We know Dallas, Tampa Bay, everyone's going to be all in for the season opener. Cleveland, Kansas City, great job by the NFL giving us that matchup in the late afternoon uh, portion of the week one schedule. What is another game we haven't talked about? A sneaky, great week one matchup. Oh man, honestly, these are also good. I've, I am excited for all of these games and it's not just because we've been so far without football, but you're, you nailed the, the big ones. Um, I'm, I'm too, I'm way too excited for, I'm way too excited for chargers football team right now in the middle of May. Yeah. Char- chargers, chargers, Washington is, a, is absolutely a sneaky good one that talk about a teaser. Like my goodness, um, you're going to be able to get, uh, you're going to be able to get one of these, either of these two teams out past seven. Um, that is, that is an absolute slam dunk. In fact, across, across books, I'm seeing chargers one and a half favorites versus chargers one and a half dogs. So you, you could potentially, if you have multiple outs, you could corner the market on both of those and get them both out to seven and a half, which, uh, which is great because that, that chargers Washington game is very, very close. Uh, I would have said, uh, you know, that should be a pick 'em, uh, and I'd be surprised if the winner wins by more than three. That's going to be a super fun one. Arizona at plus one and a half against Tennessee is an interesting one. People are really kind of cool on Arizona from a macro standpoint. Cliff Kingsbury is probably not the guy there, um, and they made some head-scratching decisions with their offseason. Um, and people look at the AF- NFC West, which is super competitive, and they slot the Cardinals in as the fourth best team. And so they're kind of there's there's a low opinion, um, you know, market wide about the Cardinals in general and their prospects for this season. That doesn't really take into account the fact that they match up really well against the Tennessee team. Tennessee defense is real poor. Um, they are they they made some some okay moves in the off season, but certainly not enough to all of a sudden shore up what was a very, very leaky defense last year. So Arizona has a decent shot uh, in the uh, early, in the early window to get a win at Tennessee. I would actually expect that closes a pick or them as a small favorite. Um, and then uh, Pittsburgh at Buffalo is an interesting one too. That was obviously a really high profile game last year. Drew, Drew uh, we're going to ask you to hold on, hold that thought, and uh, we want to talk a few more minutes about the NBA. Oh, yeah, there's all that going on in the final week of the regular season. So we'll be back with Drew Densick, it's Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, and you're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now Barrett, Orton Tucker on him. Randall, he'll let it fly from three. Oh, cash money! Julius Randall gives the Knicks the lead with 110 left in the first OT. He's working with Randall. Matthews on Randall, just backs his way in. Help comes. Randall in trouble and a travel. 26 seconds. Shot clock down to eight. Here's Horton Tucker, three-pointer on its way. It's good! Taylor Horton Tucker! It's a two-point game, scramble. Clock ticks, clock to two, to one. Barrett with a three, no! And the Lakers win it in overtime! It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Live on the Bet 1430 in Denver, 105.9 FM HD2 in Chicago, 93.1 FM HD3 in Los Angeles. And as always, the Odyssey app and the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Jostrowski and Horvat, we continue our conversation with Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper. Find his work, NBC Sports Edge. He has the Bet the Edge podcast and the Deep Dive podcast. Uh, Drew, we were, we were talking about the uh, under-the-radar games that were really intriguing for this week one a uh, slate that we have before we get to the NBA, we hit on uh, Chargers football team. You're talking about Arizona, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, uh, Buffalo. I-, I had to cut you off there. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? Oh no, I think I just think they did a great job overall. I mean, uh, yeah, that, except the for Thanksgiving, game looked interesting. Yeah, except for Thanksgiving. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> it's so bad, man. It is. What are they doing? Oh, it's, why we don't? Can we just stop with the Lions? I Cowboys fine, and then do <laughs> are they not aware that New Orleans is going to stink? Yeah, I don't get that. I really don't. Ah, oh, brutal. All right, let, let's uh, let's talk about the association a little bit here as uh, we're we're trying to figure out what these matchups are going to be. I. You know, it, it's fun. Like, I'd love to ask you about specific playoff matchups that we're going to see, but for the most part, we have no idea what's going to happen. And just for fans of the NBA, what is so great is we aren't spending these last two to three weeks just going on and on about all the teams tanking because there are so many fascinating things going on between one through six and then all the play-in stuff. It's absolutely true. That's a great point. The Western Conference is more wide open than I remember it in years. Uh, you, I, I'm not in the camp that the Lakers um, are going to somehow not win their way in, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, which is, you know, possible considering they're in the playoff situation. But for those who, uh, you know, kind of aren't aware of the way the playoff, the play in is going to work, and that's it's going to go on basically a week from uh, a week from today. The play in is eight plays. Not, uh, excuse me, seven plays eight uh, at the uh, home arena for, for seed seven, and the winner goes in as the seventh seed into the playoffs. 
the loser then hosts the winner of the 9-10 playoff. And, uh, and then the winner of that game goes in as the eighth seed. So basically, if you're in the 9 or 10 hole right now, you've got to win two games, second one on the road against the 7 or 8 seed in order to get you, you know, to play your way in. Um, I would guess that you see both the Lakers and the Warriors uh, in the playoff mix in the Western Conference, which rounds out just an absolutely spectacular field. Phoenix and Utah have been great this season. Denver has the MVP and uh, Nikola Jokic. Mavs have, you know, an all all NBA and um, uh, Luka Doncic, and then you've got the Clippers, Lakers, and Warriors. I mean, it is just an absolute uh, perfect eight teams for an enter- from an entertainment standpoint there. Uh, and pretty much, however they match up, however they're seated, you're going to get some fun matchups to bet on. Uh, once all the dust settles, I'm still in the kind of the the camp that the Lakers are going to be. You know, the team to beat with LeBron James in, in playoff form, having not had quite as many miles this year, having taken, you know, basically the last month, month and a half off. Similarly, Anthony Davis, you know, has given himself a decent amount of break this year. So these guys just haven't quite gone through the same ringer, the same grinder that uh, a guy like uh, Nikola Jokic has. And that that should manifest some advantage come, you know, come June when they're in, you know, week two, you know, week three of the playoffs. So. Uh, it, but it, but that said, you know, they're, they're, I can make a case for pretty much every team that they have a shot, uh, and that's really what you want when you're looking across the uh, the playoff field from an entertainment standpoint as a fan. Drew, out of these uh, up and coming teams, you know, you brought up Denver, and obviously they knocked out the Clippers last year, but that was in the bubble. But Phoenix, Utah, which of those teams are you buying into? Because I'm with you where I think it's going to be the Lakers, but uh, who would be your value pick? You know, with some of these up and coming teams, I would have to say. With the way that seeding looks right now, it's probably the Suns. Yeah. My my guess is the Suns are going to get the one seed and play the Warriors. And that sets up for a pretty decent opportunity to lay a big, like to, to lay, a, you're going to have to lay a decent price on the Suns in that spot. But the Warriors are going to be a very, very popular play. Like a lot of people are going to talk themselves into, well, look how great Steph Curry's been in the last, you know, two months. Like he's, you know, they've got a shot. The, you know, they're more experienced. Blah, 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 you know, people, oh, they just beat them last night even. Uh, and, you know, pe- people will make a case for the Warriors in that contest. And you're going to get a pretty, uh, a plus EV price to back the Suns in that 1-8 matchup. Uh, and then the four five, if it holds and it's Denver, Dallas, um, and let's assume that, you know, e- really either one of those teams, they both have pretty glaring, uh, you know, weaknesses when it comes to winning a seven game series uh, as currently rostered nuggets, especially with, uh, uh, you know, having lost Jamal Murray and really having no significantly impressive guard play across, you know, their entire roster. They're just guard deficient in general. Um, that doesn't play well against a team with Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker uh, in crunch time. So it's, I think your sons are probably uh, set up the best in terms of path to get to um, the Western Conference Finals, but they're going to have to clinch the one seat to do it. Who's the team that matches up the best with the Lakers? I feel like everybody's kind of sleeping on the Clippers, and I know Paul George was a disaster in the bubble last year, but um, I'm pretty high on the Clippers. Who do you think matches up well or you know, with the Lakers, or who else would, uh, would you pick to come out of the West? You nailed it. It's the Clippers. They, re- really, there's no one else in the West that I think can take on the, the Lakers in a best of seven series. Um, and I'm, I kind of feel bad for the Jazz, man. We're not going to see Donovan Mitchell again until the playoffs. And even then, I'm not sure what kind of form he's going to be in. Uh, and the Jazz, you know, they've done they they did so well 
earlier in the season to kind of set themselves up for success, get a good seed, get a good playoff matchup. And then lo and behold, it looks like they're going to draw the Lakers as a seven seed and probably be out in round one of the playoffs again. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the Lakers are, they definitely have a tough, tough road uh, in a best of seven against the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard obviously is capable of going toe to toe with LeBron James in terms of creating crunch time offense. Uh, and you have, probably the most kind of under the radar and most important acquisition that was made at the trade deadline was uh, getting Rajon Rondo for the Clippers. The Clippers really had no one that could attack the rim. Uh, they didn't have anyone in their second unit who could really create offense. And Rajon Rondo is like the perfect answer for both of those problems. Uh, and so all of a sudden you're a little bit more dynamic. You're not quite as reliant on the three point shot. And I think that uh, kind of that, that added, um, you know, layer of flexibility for the Clippers is going to be pretty important in this year's playoff run. I was a bag holder on the Clippers last year in the bubble. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't mm-hmm. understand how they blew that 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes with that team and why they fell apart. Um, but it looks to be, looks to me at least like the coaching change uh, has been a positive. The guy, you know, the overall, the, the team looks like their chemistry has improved. Uh, and I'm hopeful that uh, that the Clippers are going to at least give the the Lakers a decent test. Um, but ultimately, if I had to, you know, life on the line kind of deal, I'm I'm sticking with LeBron. With Drew Dinsick on BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, and uh, Drew. This is a bit of an unfair question since we know NBA playoffs. It's all about matchups. But uh, what what's the team, or maybe there's a couple teams that you know you will be fading in the first round that you think you're going to get a pretty decent price on. Yeah. I'm going to have to single out the bucks and the nuggets as the two that stand out pretty obviously to me. uh, And for very different reasons, Um, nuggets stand out as a first round fade because of the lack of, you know, the, any kind of second unit guard play. Um, Nikola Jokic is really the only guy that can, uh, manifest offense for your first unit. Uh, and, you, you know, you've seen an emergence from the guy like Michael Porter Jr., but he can only really create his own shot. He is not, uh, you know, really helping elevate the other players on the floor. And uh, and in a best-of-seven series, you know, you, if, if, if the only guy on the floor who can really – who has kind of multiple ways of, of hurting you offensively is Nikola Jokic, then you're in pretty good shape against them. Uh, and then you add to that that uh, Jokic has played Pretty much every, you know, he he has played the most grueling schedule of any any NBA excuse me of any NBA player this whole season. Um, and if you were to tell me that he, you know, there wasn't going to be some fatigue that was going to sneak in uh, in a seven game series where he's asked, you know, to up his minutes even more uh, and make up for some of the, um, you know, the holes on the roster with some of the injuries they've had, I, I see the Nuggets as a pretty likely first round out. Uh, depending on who they match up against. And then the Bucks are in the same sort of category as potential fade material. Number one, the market is a lot higher on them than I think is fair. Uh, and number two, they still have a massive issue with, uh, you know, with their coaching in a best of seven series. Uh, you know, it's taken Budenholzer a really long time to kind of figure out some of the basics when it comes to navigating a best of seven series against a team that's pretty close to you in terms of talent and strength. Uh, and, you know, his ouster last year at the hands of the Heat um, I was not a fluke. It was not an accident. Uh, they, the Bucks have way too much of a reliance on transition uh, offense. And if you can play good transition defense, which a bunch of playoff teams can, Heat inclusive, 
then all of a sudden it becomes, uh, you know, much more of a, a half court game. And then the Bucks' offense in half court is can get very stagnant at times. If Middleton's shots not falling there, uh, you know, they're potentially, you know, can go on pretty decent scoreless droughts. Uh, Giannis really leans pretty heavily on getting a favorable whistle when he's going to the basket. So, you know, that there are uh, a lot of red flags about the way the Bucks play offense that, you know, with a couple of the matchups. And then on the flip side, their defense, as good as it is on paper, uh, they give up just way too many open three pointers and in today's NBA where a three pointed shot is going in at, uh, at a historic rate. Uh, and you know, you run up against a team like, uh, you know, like the, the Hawks or a team like the, the heat who can fill it up from three, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're talking about, you know, very slim margins between these two teams in a, in a best of seven series. So, uh, Bucks are on my radar for a team that's not going to not going to make a, a particularly impressive run, um, and I'll just kind of caveat that with uh, I got burned pretty good on the Bucks last year. You, uh, <laughs> I, I had some beautiful, beautiful future prices uh, from preseason that uh, never even had a chance. So uh, I've kind of uh, I've, I've soured I on gotcha. that good, and that that may be coloring my opinion. There's Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper. As you could tell, his work is terrific. Find it NBC Sports Edge. He's got the Bet the Edge podcast and, of course, the Deep Dive podcast with Andy Molitor, one of my favorites. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it, as always. Coming up next, we'll go over today's MLB card on the BetQL Audio Network.